Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Now, of everything that happened in this episode, the one thing y'all kept coming into my DM saying is, damn, Michael B. Jordan is even finer in cartoon mode. You know what? (laughs) I can't take y'all. Y'all are too damn horny for me, okay? Listen, what another great episode of Marvel's What If? I enjoyed it from start to finish. It was kind of a reimagining of 2008's Iron Man with 2018's Black Panther. You put them together, you merge them, the events came together. We got a little Pepper Potts sure reaction at the end. Maybe it was a little hopeful. Maybe it was a hopeful ending. We haven't really had any of those yet. You know, what if it's kind of, ooh, what's the word? Morbid? Yeah, a little, a little dark. It's it's getting into DC territory, I'll say that. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to run off no people because I don't want to slander DC, especially you CW-loving CD mother. You know what? This is your weekly scripted episode of Reality in Comics 2. Let's talk Marvel's What If, episode 6. That's right. You're listening to Reality in Comics 2, 
the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to your weekly scripted episode of Reality and Comics 2, hosted by me, Kendrick. Listen, this is a good episode of What If. I don't know where I rank it among all the episodes. I think, what's what's been my favorite? I don't know. Maybe this one. I don't know. Honestly, I keep forgetting was aired. I don't know. The one where like all of the the Avengers were getting killed off, that one was pretty good. I think that was episode three. Uh the one I don't fucking remember. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I like them all. This one I always have a particular place in my heart for the Wakanda stuff. For the Killmonger stuff. All of that is just I don't know if it's because you know, it's the first big kind of black representation we had on film after a decade of kind of being, you know, not mentioned at all. I don't know. That that's maybe maybe so. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not too proud to admit that, okay? I I definitely think representation matters. So I'm always happy to get some, you know, some Dora Milaje, some T'Challa, some T'Chaka, some Ramonda, some Shuri, some Eric uh Killmonger. So you know all of that. I'm I'm always happy to get it. Plus you know Wakanda especially the Dora Milaje. Anytime I get some Dora Milaje I just I'm a happy boy. I They're one of the best parts of the MCU to me. I think whenever they pop up, whenever they have a big fight scene, I'm ten toes down. I'm all about it. All about it. Because of that, this is a great episode. I feel like we got some... Who's the writer on this episode, I wonder? I'm going to have to look that up. But I feel like we got some, you know, some really kind of... There were quick moments, but there were moments where... Marvel was trying to, like, you know, basically say, we hear y'all, we see y'all, we know what's going on. I'm I'm wondering, now I'm super curious if a black person or a white person or someone of another race wrote this episode. It would kind of, I mean, it's not going to make a difference, but it kind of, it would intrigue me to know. I just, I don't know. I love this episode. It was great. Uh, All you Tony Stark fans, you had to watch him die again. How do you feel? (laughs) Are y'all on, you know, do we need to call somebody over to have him watching you? I don't know. It was, I mean, Pepper Potts popped her ass up again. I I, I know one thing, it wasn't Gwyneth. You know, she tired of y'all asses. So I think we all kind of knew that. I don't know. In the sense that it was really kind of reminiscent of episode one. Episode one, of course, was Captain Carter, where Peggy Carter gets the uh, super soldier serum instead of Steve. And, ooh, that's a lot of S's. Child, y'all gonna kill me. It's, uh, it's reminiscent of that where the story that's told is very similar to the one in movies, just a different character. 
but this one had some really kind of stark differences. Like you can tell looking, there was some like straight up out of the movie similarities, like that opening scene right out of the movies, right out of the movie, that press conference damn near right out of the movies, you know, like with Christine Everhart popping up, asking questions and all like that. It's all really similar stuff. You know what I'm end up talking about the episode before I actually get to the episode. So let me go ahead before I kick things off and get into my recap. Let me actually throw it over to Nella from the Fix My Life podcast. I love me some Nella. If you're on Clubhouse, I love me some Lola. Let me throw it to her just to give her kind of her first reactions to the episode. Oh, my God, Kendrick. I just finished the What If Killmonger episode, and I am so conflicted. So conflicted. It was so good. But as a girl from Oakland... I got to keep it 10 tones down for my boy because I understand where he's coming from. I do. So Wakanda forever. (laughs) This is a mess. I love you. I love your show. Nella, I get it. Okay. I get it. Listen, that was the struggle for black folk, brown folk, all the folk watching Black Panther because... Killmonger is such a compelling villain. You know you're not supposed to be rooting for the villain, but you know Thanos, Killmonger, their missions are a little bit different. You know, you kind of look back and you're like, hmm, maybe maybe that kind of genocide, you know, with the Thanos. You know? <laughs> it it kind of makes you wonder, though. You're like, well, damn, he got a good point. It's a lot of you motherfuckers. You know, traffic on the way to work wouldn't be so bad. You know, it, it really makes you think about it. Killmonger is really one of those characters where you kind of stop and think like, damn, everything he's saying is valid. And if it wasn't valid, you know, T'Challa and uh, the Wakandans wouldn't have made the changes that they did at the end of Black Panther. So obviously, oh, it's a tough one because, you know, he's what we rooting against him. But then he drops those one liners within the episode and you like, damn. You sure know what to say. I'm just saying the one with him when he's about to kill Iron Man. You know what? Before I give everything away, let me just get into the goddamn episode, okay? Every journey has a beginning, but change one step along the way, and you could wind up at a very different destination. Listen, the Watcher be dropping jewels at the beginning of these episodes, okay? We start off with the opening of Iron Man, basically. Iron Man number one, the first one, 2008. They're in Afghanistan, and he's being escorted along, but the convoy, of course, is attacked, just like in the first movie. Instead of Tony ultimately being kidnapped by the Ten Rings, who all of you should be a lot more familiar with now because of Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, I always say it wrong, sorry, Shang-Chi, now that you've gotten like a full overview of the the Ten Rings in that movie and not the fake-ass overview that you've been getting in, you know, Iron Man movies over the years, you should all be a little bit more familiar, that's what happened in the original movie, a character that wasn't in the original movie actually appears. It's Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. As, you know, the Stark industry bomb lands at their feet, he basically grabs it and he hurls it away from both of them. It explodes. Hooray, hooray, you saved me. Heroes are born. They're forged in darkness, shaped in battle, defined by sacrifice. Without Tony Stark's faithful capture in Afghanistan, the age of Iron Man would never come to pass. Though the man was saved, a hero was lost, and a villain was given a new chance. Those were words from the Watcher. 
fantastic setup to the episode because it basically just tells you ain't no damn Iron Man. We got Iron Killmonger now. So bada boom, bada bam, bada bam. All of that to say, this episode's Nexus event, you know, I always try to give y'all the Nexus event when we learn from Loki. This episode's Nexus event is Tony Stark being saved by Killmonger instead of being kidnapped and ultimately becoming Iron Man in that cave. At the press conference, they're asking him a ton of questions, but we actually get yet another what if Christine Everhart appearance. Chad, Christine Everhart, she might, I feel like she's been in more Marvel movies than any other damn MCU cast member. She need to be trying to come for Robert Downey Jr.'s check, that big $75 million he made. But anyway, this is when Eric Stevens, a.k.a. Killmonger, I'll refer to him as Killmonger going forward, gets Hoppy's promotion to chief security officer. Christine throws out questions that basically imply that Killmonger shouldn't have been in the area to begin with. You know, he just randomly popped up and uh, saved Stark. But he lets it be known that he was undercover with the Ten Rings and he found plans that Stark was going to be assassinated. Now, how the hell he went undercover in the Ten Rings, I'll never know, but... Anyway, <laughs> I'm not even going to say more, y'all Y'all know. Anyway, Killmonger lets it be known that Obadiah Stane, who you know from the first Iron Man movie, of course, the Stark Industry uh, COO, Chief Operating Officer, actually bankrolled this attack against Tony. Baby, baby, Killmonger had the receipts. He pulled them receipts Outington, and he pulled a move like uh, Natasha did in Winter Soldier, and he dropped all of that shit online for the world to see. I know that's right. You better come on, Natasha Eric Stevens, Killmonger Romanoff. Jump to whatever celebration they're having later on that night. Tony actually offers Killmonger the job of COO, replacing Stain, so that he'll be by his side 24-7, basically. So Killmonger is just like moving up the ranks and Pepper Potts is big mad, big mad, big mad. This is when she goes to Rhodey, a.k.a. Don Cheadle's character in the MCU, a.k.a. our war machine, a.k.a. not Terrence Howard, man, okay? And Rhodey tells her, you know, all the info that he dug up on her. Keep you know, this little section in mind, basically, because I'm going to have to mention it later with a question that I have. (laughs) Rhodey tells her about him graduating Annapolis at 19, MIT a year later, child, then being a part of the group of uh, Navy SEALs that basically specializes in assassinations. Pepper said it's her job to kind of sniff out, <laughs> sniff out people, you know, that are coming around. Tony Stark looking for a handout, looking for a come up, you know, looking for that kind of stuff. You know, like, you know, all basketball players got that wing man and kind of look out for the people trying to uh, come for a little easy come up. But ah, ah, ain't no squares in our circle. You know what I'm saying? Which is, you know, it's kind of concerning because she doesn't smell anything, she says, quote unquote, which is super concerning because everyone smells like something like everybody kind of has an ulterior agenda. Basically we don't, you know, we don't necessarily, we're not doing things for bad reasons, but you know, it's like on uh, the bachelor and the bachelorette when all the men or women come in for the, the token prize or whatever. And they're like, no, I never had thoughts about being a bachelor or the bachelorette. It's like, yes, the fuck you did. Shut up. Listen, pepper. As long as it ain't booty, taint, 
armpits. Just be glad that man doesn't smell, okay? I get the metaphor you were going for, but we're not going to be upset that don't nobody smell, okay? Tony gives Killmonger a tour of, quote-unquote, Candyland, which is the area where, like, Tony keeps his cars, his computer, his tech, etc., etc. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I think this is a nod to Avengers when uh, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner are talking, you know, hypothesizing and stuff. And he's talking about his research and development. He says, it's like Candyland. So this reference kind of makes sense. You know, What If has done a really good job of calling back memories to super small moments or kind of iconic moments in the MCU. Not storylines. I mean, just stuff that like, you know, little Easter eggs that diehard fans would catch and big moments that casual Marvel viewers would catch too. You uh you hear all kinds of like you know Iron Man specific terms like Jericho, uh repo what is it repulsor tech or whatever you said. During this scene, Tony's dad is actually brought up. Y'all know Howard, and Tony ends up asking Killmonger if he's close to his dad. He says no, he died too. Gang violence. Okay, you might be scratching your head like bitch way way bitch way. See, remember, in our timeline, Killmonger's dad, Njobu, was betraying the Wakandans, and he was killed at the order of T'Chaka, a.k.a. T'Challa's dad. Remember, his dad and he had the same mission, basically to get vibranium and liberate black people all across the world. They continue their conversation and talk about weapons in the wrong hands, and Killmonger mentions his doctoral thesis about developing plans for, like, an an automated combat drone. He wanted to make human soldiers obsolete, you know, so people just stop dying at a whim of governments. And Tony's like, yes, bitch, let's do it. He breaking all of them folks' system and shit. Thus, we see the Liberator. Yes, the Liberator, perfect name for this Gundam machine that he's made. I know that's right. It's Killmonger's design that Tony tapped in uh, MIT for. I love this scene because Tony brings the design up like it's, you know, a 3D projection or a hologram or whatever the hell Tony does always. Like, think about that scene in Endgame when he was like, uh, I'm trying to discover time travel. Do this influx backwards. I, I don't know science. I don't know. And so he was, you know, doing all that. And then the, the 3D holograms were appearing. He does like that, but in what if animation form. And when he sees the designs, like all the spikes and everything, he's like, wow, uh, bold design choice. Killmonger says, what? I like anime. Yes, I know that's right. I love this because it's obvious to anybody watching this episode, the way he's dressed reminds us of a certain other anime character. Once I finish this thought, I'm actually going to throw it over to Nick. Nick loved the episode. Well, he liked the episode as well. I won't say love because I'm not in his head, but he mentions this and a lot of the other, uh, you know, anime kind of references too. Then, to kind of even make this scene better, Tony says, worst case scenario, we'll end up with the world's most expensive Gundam model. Now, bitch, y'all around my age, some might be a little bit younger, some might be a little or a lot a bit older. Y'all remember Gundam Wing. See, back when it was coming on Toonami, y'all remember that, you know, Toonami. It used to give us Gundam Wing. It used to give us Sailor Moon. Fine evil 
by moonlight. You just give us Dragon Ball Z, y'all, and, and Dragon Ball. The, the, don't forget about Dragon Ball, bitch. You just give us all of this. So I know y'all remember Gundam Wing, okay? Ultimately, with Tony and Jarvis's help, they end up creating the first model of the quote-unquote Stark Liberator drone. And uh, that's basically instead of the Iron Man suit. We get a whole like montage of them trying to perfect this damn thing. Tony tries thinking of ways to power it. And you know Killmonger is like, uh, duh, bitch, vibranium. Tony thought that his dad, Howard, shout out to Agent Carter, used the last of the vibranium during the war. But Killmonger like simply pulls out his necklace and you see a ring around it that his dad gave him all made of vibranium. Let me throw it over to Nick to give his thoughts ultimately on the whole episode. But I keep in mind, like, you know, listen out for those anime references because this is probably my favorite scene in the episode. Hey, Kendrick, it's Nick in L.A. Episode 6 was interesting um, compared to the last couple episodes. It was a bit slower and obviously ended when what seemed to be a middle of a story not so much a cliffhanger like the last couple episodes. Um, too many of our faves dying. T'Challa, Rhodey, so rude. But his name is Killmonger. So, you know, no surprises there. Um, it Seeing him again in animated form reminded me that his suit is inspired by Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Um, because Michael B. Jordan loves anime. So I thought that was uh, really cool. And then, also really cool, uh, got to see our Queen General Angela Bassett. Um, That was nuts and amazing. Um, And the fact that they kind of shoehorned in... I mean, not shoehorned because it was the whole Tony Stark uh, getting saved from the Ten Rings, but they just kind of said it was the Ten Rings. Um so interesting to kind of be back on that tip again after the Shang-Chi movie. Um, and I wonder what Killmonger was doing to infiltrate with them in this story. Uh, it was kind of a throwaway. I don't know if it's going to go into anything or if they're just trying to make it simple, but maybe they never are. Um, I posted that <laughs> picture on my story of my new Funko Pop of... Uh, King Killmonger holding an Ultron head and so I guess that was a spoiler because I don't know what episode that's going to be in and that brings me to a lot of these open-ended endings that we're getting Um, I mean I know in the promo shots there was my boy Vision but dressed in Ultron armor with like Infinity Stones um so maybe that's going somewhere. Um, but like, obviously I think it's going to some kind of multiversal war. Um, I need to catch up on the comics on that, but I think that's also what multiverse of madness is going to be. So this seems like, again, required viewing. If you're going to get into Dr. Strange, like I am obviously, uh, and especially after going to Disneyland and seeing, him up close and personal. I can't wait. Um, and I think we're getting more of him because that mid-season 
A commercial also showed him with a couple people, Captain Carter and Party Thor, which we haven't gotten to yet. So we'll see. A couple more episodes, I think. Three more episodes. Um, Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Bye. For those that don't know what he's talking about, Marvel has now dropped like a mid-season trailer, you know, kind of the way the Housewives do on Bravo. You know, they got to let us know if, if, if shit gets better, if it's boring, or if it stays entertaining. So, you know, they dropped a little kind of like mid-season trailer showing us some of the other episodes that are coming up. I never watched these. I really, I, I don't know. When it comes to Marvel... I kind of like being surprised, even in the animation stuff. I do. I just I like the element of surprise. I don't. I love watching a, a regular trailer now. Don't get it twisted. But I don't necessarily like watching the mid season ones because I'm already in the thick of it. Just I'm just gonna watch, you know, week to week. I'm gonna check it out. I don't need y'all to hype me, you know. I'm a I'm gonna check it out that way. So I don't watch them. Everyone else on the planet does, though. I just don't. So. Uh, I, you know, I've heard enough people cause I listen, you know, I listen to Twitches and, and YouTubes and podcasts, you know, I'm Marvel obsessed the same way I'm true crime and Bravo and reality TV obsessed. So I'm obsessive compulsive with everything. But because of that, I've heard all the things that are coming up like Ultron, like party Thor, like a lot of these different things. So if you are interested in that, hop on YouTube, get on Marvel entertainment, uh, you know, regular youtube channel and check it out see some of the the other things that are coming up and you'll see that the reason we keep saying multiversal war is because one we think the regular mcu is leading up to that but also because it seems like a lot of these characters are recurring like this is now our third time third time getting uh t'challa in a what if episode and it's only been six so obviously these characters are recurring or coming back in different multi, you know, different stuff. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how this season ends. And I'm also anxious to see how it actually ties into the MCU. Cause I think it will. One question I had before I continue on with the episode though, do you think any of these episodes are going to have a post credit scene or a mid credit scene? Like that's the thing I look forward to most in all Marvel things. I love knowing what's coming up. I love any little hint or crumb of, you know, of of a character that's coming or a plot line that's coming or a returning character or, Oh, he's not dead after all, you know, that kind of stuff. I love all of that. So I need what if to give us, even if it's live action, that would be even better. Give us some kind of post-credit, mid-credit, high-credit, low-credit scene, and then I'll watch that instead of the trailer. Are you looking for a cheap way to support your favorite content creator? You know who I'm talking about, the content creator that you happen to be listening to now. Yes, guess what? I'm on Buy Me A Coffee, or in my case, Buy Me A Beer, okay? Go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash reality comics two the number two this time yeah they said it was too long yada 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 whatever listen i work hard to put out these two podcast episodes every single week to run the instagram account to do the polls the stories the uh, uh, uh everything else in between any support that you guys give me i always appreciate so if you're tired of uh, me constantly soliciting uh ratings and reviews then just buy me a coffee i love you for it
at the mention of vibranium, this is when Tony says he knows a guy who can help, you know, get more. And of course, if you've seen Black Panther or if you've seen Age of Ultron, then you know he's referring to Ulysses Crane. Okay, Ulysses Claw, not Crane. Child, I'm thinking about uh, damn uh, Obadiah Stein. You know what? Let me keep going. King of the Black Market. They agreed to send Rhodey so that, you know, everything appears to be above board. Also, important to point out that, since I'm talking about Rhodey, without Iron Man, there's no war machine. I don't know why this is just kind of clicking, but there's no war machine. So James Rhodey is literally, he's just strictly military and strictly a friend of Stark. Once they're there, Claw talks and talks and talks and talks. And after finally, you know, Rhodey kind of cutting to the chase, uh, Claw kind of presents to him a Dora Milaje spear that, of course, he bought off the black market. Money specifically $10 million, of course, is not an issue. So now Claw knows that Rhodey is serious. That's when Claw shows him a vault filled with containers of vibranium. Not like huge containers, but they're all like those, you know, when you go to the bank and you got to like send up the withdrawal form and your debit card and your ID and you put it in that little thingy and then you bloop bloop and you press the button and it shoot up to the teller. One, like some of those kind of things. In this moment, this is when they kind of realize something's going on and someone ends up attacking Claw's man. It's T'Challa, Black Panther, baby. He tells Rhodey that his quarrel isn't with him, but then all of a sudden, after all this ass kicking, Killmonger pops up out of nowhere and uses what he calls a sonic taser to kill T'Challa and even, like, take his left glove. Right glove, left one of them damn gloves, child, I don't know. He even drops like his infamous, now this I'm feeling when he puts it on. This is when we get into some of that deep Marvel conversation that I love, which is why I love Black Panther so much. When Rhodey asks why, you know, he's doing what he's doing, he says, I have a better question. Why wear the uniform of your own oppressors? Fight for them, die for them. Rhodey says, you got to be a part of the system to change the system. And he says, nah, you can burn it down. Now, obviously, we know what he means. It's a question that's really been within the black community for generations. Not like a, it's been a topic of discussion, mostly. It kind of, you know, it's, it's basically why do black people join the military? The undertone kind of behind this question being, why fight for something that hates you? It's not just military either. It's really like police officers, it's lawyers, it's judges. It's a lot of different things within, quote unquote, the system. It's just always been like an elephant in the room type situation within the black community and one that's addressed pretty often. Now, while I do love these little moments that, you know, have such big implications in like our like real lives, I have to say, wasn't Killmonger in the damn military? <laughs> Wasn't he a Navy SEAL? Like, I, child, I, I think Marvel forgot about that for a second while they were trying to, you know, they were trying to tell us they with the cause, I guess, but I don't know. They Listen, I, I'll take my moments where I can get them. Let me not, Marvel, let me not down put y'all, okay? <laughs> Claw reveals that they've been working together all along, just like in Black Panther, and it all played out basically perfectly how they predicted it. 
they hurry and they load up the product and they leave because they don't want to get their ass whooped by the Dora Milaje, okay? We see the funerals for both James Rhodes and T'Challa. This is when we get what I feel is the first kind of confusing sight. Like in this episode, Shuri seems to be the only person that's younger than they previously were (laughs) in the MCU. Like Iron Man came out in 2008. Black Panther came out in 2018, literally a decade later. You know what? Let me stay out of Walt Disney's uh, Mickey Mouse ass business before Bob Igor or Kevin Feige put a hit out on my ass. Killmonger goes to Stark. And Stark reveals that everything was recorded by Jarvis, so he knows what Killmonger did. He knows that Killmonger was responsible for James Rhodes, his best friend, his death. Tony reveals that he made the Liberator machine with vibranium, and he makes it attack Eric because Tony wants, quote-unquote, justice, which is like a big kind of theme, recurring theme with Tony and MCU, really. Since the machine is programmed to fight like Eric, He has to improvise and freestyle his kind of fighting style. Child, he lays that damn Liberator out and then kills Tony Stark ass too. I love this part too. Not not seeing Tony Stark die again. Let me clarify that. (laughs) Marvel hates us 3000, okay? Tony says, for a minute, I really thought it was me and you against the world. Killmonger says, we're not fighting the same battle, Tony. To which Tony replies, Two gear-headed orphans trying to do right by their fathers. We sound the same to me. Killmonger said, The difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me. And I, oop! He then, you know, finished the job, killed the hell out of Tony Stark. He didn't need, you know, six Infinity Stones to do it. He just needed a good Dora Milaje, you know, spear. He did what he needed to do, okay? Boy, Marvel really trying to come for these, you know, best screenplay awards, ain't they? they? They really delving out these lines. But what is grief, if not love, persevering? I know the fuck, that's right. Or what is love, if not grief? Like, you, you, bitch, you know what I'm saying, shit. Side note, <laughs> I love that Eric, the Killmonger, has his shirt off during this fight. And you can actually see that he doesn't have, like, as many kill marks as he does in Black Panther. Remember in Black Panther, his chest, arms covered in it this time it was only like it stopped like just below the pecs almost so like the abs were still clean so this is one way of showing us that he's younger too you know shuri got uh <laughs> they got shuri hair and uh afro puffs and she you know you can tell she's younger because they're like well let's give her a younger hairstyle you know what i said i'll go stay out of walk disney business let me let me back about the man uh coffin okay we get another what-if appearance by Thunderbolt Ross himself. And basically, Pepper is accusing Killmonger of the mur- of all the murders and shit. Listen, I mean, it's true, but girl, don't be raising your voice at me, okay? <laughs> you better go back to goop with to all that bullshit. I don't know. Child, that ain't even Gwyneth voicing the character. Let me stop. Tell Beyonce, I say, hey, Gwen. Ross defends Killmonger, you know, saying he's a decorated officer and this and that, then says they're putting the Liberator drones into production. The military at this point has now seized control of Stark industry technology, and Ross is about to fuck up the Wakandans, or so he thinks. He know damn well he not. We then see Killmonger leading the fleet of Liberators, his own design, to Africa, 
outside of the Wakandan border and he meets up with Claw. They go on a quote-unquote road trip to the outside of Wakanda and child Killmonger must have heard Klaus say boy with a little bit too much bass in his voice and he walked right over to that man and kill him right where he sat. Yet another similarity to the Black Panther movie where, you know, he offers Claw as a gift to gain favor with the Wakandans. He announces that he is Njadaka. 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 Yeah. He is Njadaka's son. Njadaka. <laughs> he is Njadaka, who is the son of Njabu. There we go. I'm not saying that shit again, y'all. Y'all know what I mean, okay? I was hoping when he went to that throne room for this scene, the aunties and the uncles from all the other tribes would be there so he could, like, hit them with the, hey, auntie, but alas, they weren't. Just T'Chaka, Ramonda, a.k.a. Angela Bassett, and young Shuri. T'Chaka and Killmonger talk about his father and the memories they have together. Keep in mind, his father is uh, T'Chaka's brother. And, you know, they talking, going down memory lane, sharing the quotes and this and that. But then Killmonger lets them know that basically the American army of the liberators are on the way. When they're all strategizing, it's funny because Killmonger actually has a similar strategy to T'Challa in Infinity War. Let down the barrier. Let him in. Shuri is against it wholeheartedly, but his plan actually does make sense. He explained it, but child, I couldn't be bothered to, <laughs> to keep rewinding shit. I was thirsty and you know, I'd be going on about my business. He convinces T'Chaka, who then asks Ramonda, a.k.a. General, what she thinks. That's when we see her in action. She used to be the general of the Dora Milaje. Now, this actually kind of keeps in tone with the comics because I told y'all on another episode, I don't know if it was on an Instagram video Maybe it was. I think I did a video on Instagram all about the Dora Milaje. And I told y'all how, like, in comics, they used to be the ones that, like, royalty would pick from for marriage. And so that kind of makes sense that she's married to T'Chaka. Yibambay! Yibambay! Shuri still doesn't trust Killmonger and is very, very weary about him in general. I love that we see uh, Thunderbolt Ross questioning if they're in the right location because there's literally nothing like literally nothing and then the barriers drop and he's like the rumors they're true keep in mind this is before the events of black panther when they announced their civilization you know what they can do the tech and all this kind of stuff the tech interference with the liberators actually does work so uh killmonger's plan a-okay and they temporarily celebrate before Killmonger secretly presses a button that actually activates the Liberators once again. So it's all, you know, all out hell between the Wakandan army and the Liberators. Child, all of this so he could jump out and get on that damn rhino that, uh, is it Wakabi? Is that who Get Out? <laughs> get Out was playing in the movie? Yeah, Wakabi. That he was riding in uh, Black Panther. Side note, when we when he got on that damn rhino and yelled Wakanda forever, I got sad as fuck. One reason because it sounded super American, <laughs> and it just don't sound as good with an American accent. I don't know, and weak as fuck. It, it was just weak. I don't know. But also, 
sigh. Oh, Chadwick. It was just, it just, hearing somebody else say it just, it don't hit right. I don't know. It, it, it hit different. The episode ends with Killmonger on top of the cliff, looking at the sunset, kind of the same way he dies, actually, in Black Panther. And then he's joined by T'Chaka. He says he wishes he could share this with his brothers and sisters across the world. And T'Chaka says, see, this is why Bast, their god, returned him to Wakanda. Child, Killmonger really pimping the dog fuck out of the Wakandans because he made, they basically make him the new Black Panther. He drinks the herb and instead, remember in the movie when he uh, drank the herb and became Black Panther, you know, T'Challa went to the astral plane. He talked to his dad, Baba. And then uh, Killmonger later in the movie, when he drank the herb, he actually went back to uh, back to California. I'm about to say, oh, it is Oakland, isn't it? Yeah, back there and, you know, had the conversation with his father, a.k.a. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, Emmy winning ass, and uh, talked to him. But in here, in What If, you know, it's a whole different universe or whatever he actually goes to the ancestral plane and he encounters t'challa he asked was it worth it and killmonger says he did what he needed to do i know that's right okay they argue about power and suffering and etc everything and then t'challa hits us with a quote he says power unearned can be a very volatile force see doesn't that remind you of the conversation between John Walker and Battlestar in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? It kind of reminds me of that because, you know, John Walker kept wondering if he actually, you know, took the super soldier serum, would he wind up evil or good or whatever? And Battlestar broke it down to him. He said, it's probably not going to make you either one. It's going to make you more of what you already are. Child. I, he should have told him, man, he was fucking evil, but then that's a conversation for another day, okay? We cut back to halfway across the world, and we see Pepper and Thunderbutt Rock, thun, not Thunderbutt, child, do the Thunderbutt, hey, do the Thunderbutt, I'm gonna come out with that song, nowadays, you know, that shit will probably hit, I'll go number one on iTunes, don't play with me, Pepper and Thunderbolt Ross having a conversation that is basically Ross saying, you know, he's going to blast Wakanda off the map. He big mad, okay? When Pepper walks into her office, Shuri is right there waiting for her. She doesn't trust Killmonger, and neither does Pepper Potts, okay? Or Pepper Pig, to be goddamn truthfully honest. So they're basically a match made in heaven. Not the first time we've seen this duo working together, by the way. Think about that scene in Endgame where all of the uh, women heroes are united to help Captain Marvel kind of get through the, the many, many Black Order soldiers as if she needed help, child. Anyway, what an episode. That was a great kind of reimagining of two movies together all kind of rolled in one. I, I, I like that. This, I think I'm going to have to do my definitive ranking. Maybe I'll get on Instagram and give my definitive ranking of the What If episodes so far and tell y'all what I enjoy. I actually, I know some people hated the zombie episode or thought that they could have did more with it or whatever. I actually really, 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 really liked the zombie episode. I, that was, as of last week, that was my favorite, but I'm going to think about this because I need to give y'all my definitive ranking. I know my opinion don't mean shit, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, okay? Y'all know what? I ain't got shit else to say. Why, if you haven't watched What If yet, binge it. 
Also, binge Miss Pat on BET Plus because that's what the hell I've been doing with my time and I've been getting my whole life. That has nothing to do with Marvel. This is a Marvel episode. This is a scripted episode. Ain't got shit to do with it, but it's a scripted show. So how about y'all watch it and then let's talk about it on Instagram. Bye. See ya. sat through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple Podcasts or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.